all of these things I count as loss. Uh, like I count as rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ. And like you were saying, Rob, like he, he's such a lover of truth and the gospel that all of those things that he could boast in, he's saying are worth nothing uh, for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And so the, the humility piece is, is so big when it comes to why I think we rub up against uh, accountability because you know, accountability, especially to, uh, to following Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, is, is just a constant reminder of who we are and who God is. It's like, of course, yeah, you've, you've fallen into that sin, you've fallen short, but I'm going to call you out of it because I care way more that you follow Jesus for the rest of your life than I care that you like me. Chris has started the show back once again with the Roommates <laughs> Podcast. Listen, it took a lot of work for us to get here. It did. I am it super, did. For real. super excited to bring these men on the podcast. These men are some men that are leaders, that are God-fearing, that is serving the word and serving the community. You know, I look up to them. You know, these are the men that I want and I feel like other people should be around to Make sure we uh, mold each other well and hold mm-hmm. each other accountable. Yeah. And I think uh, this conversation is going to be really good. Um, as you see, Chris is back. You know, I'm here. He, he, he's been on the show a few times. The, uh, as the real star of the show. As the real star of the show. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been a few years. But it ain't been that long. Yeah. I think the last, the last one I was on was maybe... It was last year. Last year. Yeah, so, last yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be consistent. That's two but, uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm glad to welcome um, and join in two new roommates of mine that I have met. These brothers know I'm not acknowledged. They're going to spit fire. So please welcome in Josh and Robert. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? Glad yeah. to be here, man. Yeah, How y'all sure. feeling? Y'all good? Oh, oh yeah. Good. good. Couch feel good. <laughs> I'm mad at it. It is a great couch. Yeah. It's good no, to know. Yeah. Oh, no, no. This couch is dangerous. We ain't going to talk about it. Uh, for those um, that do not know you, um, can you all just give a quick 30-second um, introduction about yourself, starting with Josh? Yeah. Um, my name is Josh Cavador. I uh, pastor our church at the Galveston County area over worship and next-gen, so students. But yeah, uh, grew up in Jersey, so that's very in the lifeblood of who I am. Yes. And pizza in Texas doesn't exist. So. And he's a hooper. <laughs> I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. Like but, and Josh is a hooper. I'm letting y'all know that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I, I, that, I picked up on that earlier. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just let that, you know, you, you can catch me there if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he don't do a lot of talking. Yeah. Here. You want to no, show no, you. I'll you want to show, show you. I'll just show people. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, that's all right, man. Uh, name is Robert Harper II. Uh, I'm a minister. Uh, motivational speaker for the past 14 years now. Uh, uh, wrote a book called Talk to Yourself. Uh, the book is really centered around just trying to eliminate negative thoughts, limiting beliefs. Uh, so I wrote that book and just been serving, just trying to be a servant, trying to help people do God's work. Uh, my whole aim and purpose is to help people live on purpose. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's great. That's, that's, you born and raised Houston, Texas. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Are we doing an update? Yeah. Here. Okay. Here. <laughs> he was just with you. He was with you. I was supporting. Okay. Right. 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 Uh, but uh, Krishna, go ahead. Uh, just give another quick yeah. reminder update as well. Yeah. So my name is Krishna Maharaj. I go by Chris. Uh, originally from New York. I've uh, been living in Texas since 2005, and 
Uh, I get to serve now as the, the campus director. So I got a little team up there on the campus at the University of North Texas nice. uh, in Denton, Texas, kind of in the Dallas Metroplex. Uh, also on staff with the Village Church Denton uh, up there. And, and it's been a joy. This is year six you know, wow. for me. So, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty in lockstep with how long the roommates has been going. Like, yeah, that was around nice. the time that I accepted the job mm. with Campus Outreach. Uh, and so a lot of back and forth trips, you yeah. know, seeing this thing grow. So it's all yeah, our roommate cool. started yeah. uh, January seventh, twenty seventeen. Right, mm. and so I, I got I started April twenty seventeen. That's crazy. That's so crazy. it was there, yeah, hey, it was yeah, right then. Yeah, I mean, time is flying. But as you all can see, I have joined um, some spiritual leaders, um, some men that is counseling other men and women that is um, in a position that is living a purposeful life and also serving their community, serving God as well. And what the beautiful thing is about us is um, we can tackle hard conversations and we can have real honest conversations with yeah. spiritual manhood or whatever. Right. And I think that with what's going on um, with the church today and like the Matt Chandler situation is a good sense of accountability. And for those who don't know, Matt Chandler um, got caught up in a, a relationship he probably shouldn't got caught up in. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, he had to really take a leave of absence and went through accountability process. And um, so real quick before we continue on, what were y'all thoughts going through y'all mind? And also, what's like the definition of like accountability to y'all? How did y'all first learn that here and truly understand it as well? Mm -hmm. Whoever wanted to tap me first. <laughs> I'll go. I think it's uh, for me, accountability is always just having somebody to answer to. Yeah. And especially in like the things that we do, um, there's there's always, I think of it always as an umbrella, mm -hmm. but there's always a covering, which it, it keeps us safe, mm -hmm. right? There's always an answer to go to. There's always some, like, so if you feel some sort of way about something or you're in a situation, right, you don't feel isolated. Like, man, we do it so much. Well, we don't want to answer because if we do like the I'm good mentality, right. I'm straight. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I got it. Yeah. And that's a very dangerous place to, like, in mind frame to be in. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, it's just like, okay, I feel some sort of way about this. Let me just go ahead and dispel it. Right. And uh, to, of course, with discernment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it goes to the right people. Yeah. And uh, take the proper channels to keep us all safe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Top and bottom. Yeah. 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 Uh, when I think about accountability, man, uh, one of the first things that come to my mind is just humility. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh, you talked about it before. Yeah, just as men in general, we we like to say, yeah, "I'm good." You know, I'm, I'm I'm all right. I don't need that. And a lot of that is rooted in pride or arrogance. Yeah. Uh, just the nature of the culture we live in, you know. Right. So uh, when I think about accountability, I think about, you know, James was his confession false towards one another uh, that you may be healed, you know. And right. so there's, uh, there's power in accountability or power in community. Uh, for me, it's like, okay, if my goal is to walk in freedom in Christ, then a community will uh, encourage that, will support right. that. Right. Uh, so I just think community supports commitment. And that's what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be committed, trying to be consistent. So uh, accountability is so necessary uh, for 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 the Christian, but for any area of your life, really, you know, to be able to balance ideas and thoughts and be able to, for someone to have check and, checks and balances, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yes. yeah, so that's true. Yeah, no, I think all that is big. I think um, it starts at, you know, 
really understanding, you know, and being honest with yourself. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people either just mask what's going on in their lives, mm-hmm. sweeping under the rug, mm-hmm. um, or they are living under a in their mind, valuable excuse. Right. You know, I can blame it on this. I can blame it on church. I can blame it on God. I can blame it on parents. I can blame mm-hmm. it on X, Y, and Z. Right. And, you know, they live in that excuse that they don't look in the mirror. They don't take accountability and responsibility right. for their lives. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's where, you know, everything kind of starts at. And what I feel like I want y'all to uh, really think about talking about accountability. Yeah. yeah with people that y'all are discipling and trying to minister to. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can we get the people to truly understand that, look in the mirror and recognize, like, okay, maybe I am falling short. Maybe it's something I am missing the mark on where it can really penetrate Mm -hmm. and make active change in their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, Rob was just hitting on it a little bit there's there's a there's a component to accountability that you can't really separate from uh community Mm -hmm. i think there's a there's a communal aspect to what we're talking about uh that you know men have their things uh with community you know you guys both hit on it like you know i'm good i'm you know we want to we want to make it seem like there's such thing as like this maverick uh followership of jesus which is just not true uh like you know, you think about even in the creation narrative, like the first thing that God said wasn't good was man being alone. <laughs> right, 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 and that was before right. sin entered the world. Like the very first thing mm-hmm. this ain't good is uh, is mankind being alone. A lot of people, you know, it's good to use that as a passage about marriage because, you know, it, it certainly is part of it. But I think it was it was also like the bigger picture of that was uh, our need. For community, yeah. I think God, yeah. God Himself is communal. Like yeah, Father, Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's like his, even His existence is kind of this picture of community yeah. working together right. beautifully. You see, you know, some of the more, uh, I guess, famous accountability moments in the Bible, like uh, shoot, but like David, David and Bathsheba. Yeah, when Nathan approaches David, you know, right mm-hmm. afterward, uh, it's like he he knows that. He knows what happened. Why? Because yeah. he's his community. He's his accountability, yeah. uh, and he's able to kind of call him out because they they're in community together. Uh, and it was a risky call out because David's the king. He called for his head, but right. you know, yeah. it's like he 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 calls him out from what he sees. And then you know, you think about shoot Paul calling Peter out, like in that yeah. Galatians two. It's like I opposed him because his conduct was out of step with the gospel. Right. And it's like you're only able to to have that if. If you're in community, yeah. really, right. and uh, I mean Satan, I mean he he just loves for us to be alone. Uh, he, he loves it because that's where he gets to uh, speak lies the most. That's where mm-hmm. we are most tempted to fall into sin. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I just think that's a, that's a huge piece to, to what we're talking about is the communal part of accountability, uh, which is really the whole. It's all under the umbrella of community for real. Yeah, I thought about since you were speaking, man. I thought about the idea of how none of that really works mm. unless you have a spirit that's um, that's that's sensitive to the truth, right. you know, that's, that mm. welcomes the truth. Right. You know, Second uh, Thessalonians talks about that uh, the idea that they weren't saved because they had not a love for truth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so if you don't, if you don't have a love that's for truth, good. you yeah. know, if if David didn't have a love for truth, right. you know, when Nathan came to him, right. you know, uh, and vice versa, you know, that that's something that we need mm-hmm. uh, to hold on to. 
I think it's Proverbs 23, where it says, buy the truth and sell it not. Right. You know, so it's like, no matter what I say, if I come to you and I say, hey, man, you know, you yeah. should, you know, you know what I mean? You yeah. need to get corrected yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. You need to be, and if you don't have a love for truth, yeah. you know, you're not going to want to hear it. You're not going to receive it. So, and uh, as a result of it, you're not going to, your life is not going to improve. You mm-hmm. know, you walk with Christ. And so uh, I think just having that as a foundation, just saying, you know what, no matter if it's tough to hear or not, I want to hear the truth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and God's truth, you know, so, yeah. Why, you, why y'all think people don't have a love for truth? I think people run away from truth all the time. I, I think it's a lot of times we we have as people, this is not just with men, this is with women, this is everybody, like we, we take correction as hate. Mm-hmm. And because we don't agree, mm-hmm. it means like there's quarrels. Right. And that's not necessarily the case. Right. Like us all sitting on the couch, there's some things that we just might not agree upon. Right. And that doesn't mean that we can't be cohesive in the spaces that we are. Right. Um, and so it's like, I was reminded as y'all were to, to speaking, it's like God disciplines the ones he loves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he didn't love, he wouldn't discipline. And I think it's when you think about Jesus being on the earth, he, he is a God of relationship. In, in flesh and so he could have done all this by himself mm-hmm. but he's like okay you 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 come on because i want to display what it should be like to be cohesive with one mm-hmm. another right. to fulfill a purpose right and so we uh we're the worst a lot of times at taking correction because it's like we always think the worst thing in our mm-hmm. mind we're like man why is it coming to me like that and then you like try to like way back yeah. from somewhere random and you're like that's why you you create this whole like negative narrative right. even though somebody might just come be coming at you in the most genuine way to look out for you mm-hmm. and because how society like puts this stuff together it's like nah and like of course the enemy slips into your mind see like what he's doing to you right. like that like, making right. you soft or making you this or you that and you're like oh man and then, and that's of course how we handle those yeah. scenarios. You know? Yeah, I think some of it. Yo, what's good, everybody? We're gonna take a quick pause from this week's amazing episode to talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Guys, Skillshare is a real A1 day one from the roommates, and we absolutely love Skillshare because they are a unique online learning community where men and women can learn all types of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Man, so many men for the past years in the roommates have been learning, have been blossoming, have been transforming from Skillshare because not only do you get the first month free to test it out, but Skillshare has such a vast library of courses, of resources that you guys can be able to tap into today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates and take advantage of this opportunity. Guys, on the podcast, we meet so many amazing men and women who are so talented, but they didn't get their skills overnight. They had to master these things and Skillshare gives you all the resources that you can be able to master your best self and tap into your full potential. So do not delay. Get on Skillshare today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates. Trust me, you'll thank us later. And let's get back to this week's episode. Two, just a lack of uh, humility is hard. Like getting called, getting called out is hard. Yeah. No one, 
no one is, you know, if they're being honest with themselves, going to say that they love being held, held accountable when it's actually happening. You know? Yeah, right. I think a lot of men would say like, yeah, I want accountability, uh, whether in spiritual things or not. Like, sure. it's like, I want accountability to work out. Or I want accountability to do this mm-hmm. until you're being held accountable. Right. That's that's when it. Uh, <laughs> that's right. when it. No, that's when it gets real. Right. And you you know you think about let's see, there's like a moment uh, in I think I think it's Philippians one where Paul is kind of. He's recounting all of the things, like all the accolades and successes that he's had. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrew. I'm this. And, and it's like, almost as you're reading, it's like, dang, this is a little bit of a flex. Like he's, right. he's making sure that the readers in, in Philippi know who he is. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he says, all of these things I count as lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I count as rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ. And yeah, like you were saying, Rob, that's like good. He, he's such a lover of truth and the gospel that all of those things that he could boast in, mm-hmm. he's saying are worth nothing uh, right. for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And so the the humility piece is is so big when it comes to why I think we rub up against uh, accountability because you know accountability, especially to uh, to following Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, is is just a constant reminder of who we are and who God is. It's like. Of course, yeah, you've, you've fallen into that sin, you've fallen short, but I'm going to call you out of it because I care way more that you mm-hmm. follow Jesus for the rest of your life than I care that you like me yeah. <laughs> or like what I just said mm-hmm. to you, right. yeah. uh, which is a big piece. A lot of people don't exist in that type of community, like Christians, unfortunately. But um, but yes, there's, there's so much, there's just a need for, like you said, a love for truth, a desire for truth, mm-hmm. but also just humility. Uh, that is, I mean, only the spirit can do it. Only right. the spirit can give us that type, 100%, 100%. Of, you know, that type of humility uh, and not apprehension to somebody calling us out. Yeah, right. I think the, uh, the conversation of accountability and the perception of it needs to be changed. Yeah. Because honestly, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it points me or it points me back to the cross because it's like, it's a love where if we want to grow, we want to be leaders. We want to get better mm-hmm. as men. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need y'all to hold me accountable. Right. Because it's, it's, uh, we are ambassadors. You know, we're supposed to represent, you know, Jesus. We're supposed to represent the gospel and all those things. So it's yeah. kind of like, if you do see something where I'm falling short mm-hmm. or something where I'm not lacking or I'm not taking seriously right. or something I could get compromised, um, you know, I think it is a loving action. To call me out, sure. Yeah, I sure. think it's a loving uh, uh, a way to do it rather than ignore and being passive. Because right. now it's like you know I'm in the wrong and you're ignoring it. You're not right. saying anything, so it's, it's like now, yeah. exactly. Right. So that's when that that sin when it when it really become isolated. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Isolation. That's when stuff really become deep, yeah. right. hard, right. and hardened, and it's going to be harder for even that love of the truth to even come in because yeah. it's so hard. Yeah, it's right. so hard to even think like people yeah. are desensitized to it. So I think the, the perception of understanding that accountability, facing that that conversation is a loving thing because God wants you to be better. Right. Yeah. God wants more from you. And, and God cares about who you become rather than what you do. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people worry about just businesses right. and and degrees and accolades and goals and all these things who are you becoming mm-hmm. is the question that a lot of people need right. to ask mm-hmm. yeah. right. that's, that's, that's amazing that you just brought that up the verse that uh, went out today was 1 Samuel 
16, where it talks about how the Lord doesn't see as man sees, you know, how that uh, we look on the outward appearance, but he sees the heart. Right. And so you talk about an individual who loves truth, uh, that deals with the heart of a man, right? right. And so uh, one thing that I thought about when you were talking to Chris was that if if our culture, you know, the culture that we live in, um, supported that, supported the idea of walking in truth, and that truth was actually a standard. You know, you know, today we live in a time where it's relative. You know, right. truth for you is not truth for me. Right. You yeah. know, so and so that kind of gets infused into the church, gets infused into right. the kingdom, right. and to where people and individuals think they can live lives outside of the lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm. I, I love God, but is he my Lord? You know, right. I'm in the kingdom, but is he my king? You right. know, so it's like, if you love truth, if you really love mm-hmm. truth and you really mm-hmm. want to walk in freedom, mm-hmm. then then uh, if you really want to walk in freedom, then you demand truth. Right. You know, you demand, Galatians 5 talks about how that we walk in liberty. We want to walk in liberty, stand, stand firm in that. Yeah. If you're going to stand firm and being, being free and feeling, feeling like you're walking in liberty in Christ, it, you must have truth, right? You, you you must have accountability, you know. So it's like, uh, but that kind of goes back to the world and how the world sees freedom, right? So I was having a discussion a little while ago about what is freedom, right? And so uh, most people will look at freedom and they'll say, you know, freedom is when I get to do what I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Yeah. I'm a grown man, I get yeah. to do what I want to mm-hmm. do. I'm free. Most adults will probably have that uh, that commentary, but. Freedom in Christ is not when I get to do what I want to do, but it's when I get to do what I want to do or what I'm supposed to do. When I get to do what I want to do is also what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this this perfect marriage of like, yes, I get to do what I want to do, but I'm also doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. right? So it allows me to be walking freedom. So it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm hanging out with my wife, if I'm hanging out with somebody uh I'm not scared that she's checking my phone mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm walking in freedom. You know, yeah, I'm walking yeah, in freedom. Yeah, like yeah. true freedom is not uh, being scared. You know, sweating bullets. Yeah, you know, because yeah. but but in one sense, that's doing what you want to do, but that's not really walking in freedom. So right. truth demands uh, that uh, freedom demands demands that you want truth. Mm-hmm. You want truth. You want to hold on to that. So I just think we live in a culture that just doesn't support that. And so it's 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 necessary for us to be able to be really aggressive about uh, walking and uh, holding to God's standard and not just saying it's relative, you know, it's true. I think one of the, the crazy things about what you were saying just now, Rob, is I, I don't know, as I think about our, you know, our culture, because you, you start to kind of talk about just different factors of our culture that influence, you know, why just men in today's culture aren't holding one another mm-hmm. accountable. Uh, young young followers of Christ aren't doing that. Uh, they don't have that in their own lives. They don't, you know. Mm-hmm. You talk about like the world influencing the way that the church moves in so many ways. I think uh, I think one of the things that I see because you know I work with college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I see often is just how disconnected even like the best of friends are with each mm. other's lives. Like mm. I'm talking about, I was, I was in a cafeteria, uh, you know, a couple of days ago and I'm, I'm talking to this guy, talking about his life, what, he, what he's studying. It's one of my first conversations with him. And he told me he's, you know, he's a psych major and mm. he wants to go into counseling, mm. which that's a whole nother piece in and of itself. Uh, yeah. It's like, dude looks like a straight frat star. And he talking about, he wants to go into counseling. And I asked him why he was like, man, I, you know, I, and I don't think my guy's a Christian, but he was like, I just want to get paid to to like better the world. You mm-hmm. know, I just 
which I think is something with this generation that's coming up. That's that's a, a crazy piece. But his friend is sitting right next to him, one of his best friends. Like he grew up with, they played high school football together, locker room talk, thinking about all of it. Mm-hmm. And I start having a conversation with his friend, and his friend also tells me that he's got uh, he's he's studying behavioral analysis, but to also go into counseling. And I kind of was like, oh man, y'all just want to open up your own practice or whatever. And they looked at each other and was like, wait, you want to be a counselor? Oh, wow. uh, like net. And, and they're at the same college. They're roommates. <laughs> They've <laughs> been crazy. friends. Yeah. They've been friends for the what last are they talking about? 10 years of their lives. And they're 18. So 10 years is over half of their lives. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, you don't even know this guy that you that you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, right. these, yeah, are one, these are some of the people that you know the best. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy the factors and i'm not i don't ever want to be the guy i'm only 27 i don't ever want to be the guy that's just shooting down social media and its effects and the phone you know and its effects all the time but we got to call it what it is we got to call it what it is like i think our generation the generation below us it just it tends to be in some ways the most connected and disconnected Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's ever existed mm-hmm. like to where people can exist we were just talking about this before we turned on the camera yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. can exist in the crowds and be completely unknown and exactly lonely. and and they really get to in some ways you know you talk about identity as well it's like they get to be who they want in this kind of world that mm-hmm. isn't truly who they are mm-hmm. and their biggest desire but also biggest fear is to be known mm-hmm. which yeah. is the which is the craziest part of this whole accountability conversation yeah. it's yeah. like i'm so scared of somebody knowing a hundred percent of me right, uh, right i'll let 99 percent be known but not a hundred like if somebody knows a hundred percent of me i won't be accepted i won't yeah. be loved you know they'll they'll think, uh, but then at the same time, I really desire to be actually known and loved for who I am. Yeah, it's this, it's this crazy thing that goes on. I think in young people today. But, but you, no, I mean the fact that you said that, I don't think that just relates to young people. Like, right? right? I think that relates to all of us because, right. in one sense, to be known and to be fully accepted is what we find in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like, yeah, it's that's human what, nature. It's the, it's the, it's the drawing card. It's the, yeah. like what Christ really knows me right. and he fully accepts me. Right. You know what I mean? Like most people will be like, man, you know, I know Chris, you know, I know Josh, you know, but do you really know him? Right. You know, do you yeah, know not only what he's done, but do you know what he's capable of doing? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that can be found in Christ. I'm not, you know, like, of course, young people. Yeah. 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 Live Absolutely. In, there, there has to be a learning curve. Uh, and I think like the idea of being vulnerable and the idea of being real and being authentic uh, needs to be there and, and accountability. But mm-hmm. for all of us, man, like right. for me, that's the drawing card, right. you know, to know that Christ not only knows who I am, but he mm-hmm. knows what I'm capable of doing. Right. Yet he still loves me. Right. Yeah. right? And so it kind of gives you this safe place of like, uh, man, yeah, he 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 will he he loves me unconditionally, right. you know. So uh, yeah, that's that to me. That's a drawing card. Uh, the whole idea of a kind of love, just talking about accountability because when you leave here, when we leave here, yeah, it's like we're gonna be like, man, that felt good today. You know, that felt good. You know, just having a conversation yeah. with Josh with Chris, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because that's what the scripture says: iron sharpens iron, right? Right. right? So right. it's like just this communication, just this relationship that we have right now. Yeah. Uh, should be inspiring, should be beneficial. So when we, when we leave here, we're like, man, you know what? I'm gonna be better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the whole purpose. That's the whole goal 
is right. to see, okay, um, can we be a little bit better today? Can I, can I see the cross? Can I see God, the gospel a little bit mm-hmm. better today mm-hmm. than I did on yesterday? And if, if we can do that in the podcast, and that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. I think uh, one thing that what you just brought up, Rob, is uh, there's a song that I've been listening to as of recently, and it's a very simple like line, but it's like, uh, it says, how sweet it is to trust you, Jesus, to know you, but then he says, I mean, really know you. Mm. And it's like, God knows the inner workings of everything that we are. And like, because we serve a relational God, like how much, like how much longing he has for the things that he loves and he's created to know him the way that he knows us. Mm-hmm. And it's like this back and forth thing. So it's like, my passion is incredible. And he always talks about life moves at the, at the speed of relationships. But it's like, because of like our phone and the thing like relationships can be made easy mm. but even more so like life moves at the speed of intentional relationships right. like hey mm. i'm i'm here okay like we don't have an agenda right right mm. so we we decided to do life with each other we decided to hash out whatever it may be okay we're here right mm. and we get to do it because the Lord's called us to love on each other this way. Right. And it's, it's, we, there's no hiding. There's no innuendo. I want to really know you. Yeah. Yeah. And like make you like, right before we turn the camera. Yeah. Like make you feel seen in the space that you're at, because you know what? It's always about meeting people where they're at, where the Lord met us. Yeah. Right. Where we were at. Yeah. In our situations that were particular to us as individuals. Right. Yeah. And still God, right? Like you're saying, God uses us in spite of us. Right. Yeah. And that's just like the biggest like encouragement and like the craziest thing mm-hmm. I think about for myself. I'm like, man, Lord, you're using us in this way, even though we are this way. Right. You know, like, right. But yeah. 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 The biggest word I just took away with what you just said is be intentional, Josh. Yeah. Because what Chris just said, these two guys, mm-hmm. 18 years old, yeah. they 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 know each other, but they don't know each other. Right. And so, like, we're going to have these relationships regardless. We're going to yeah. have sure. people sure. that we're connected to, we talk to, we have relationships with. But are you being intentional right. with how you structure that relationship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and the impact that of that relationship and how what what it is doing to you, you mm-hmm. know, what you're becoming, mm-hmm. yeah. right, as a result of that relationship. And so uh, there's a passage that I always hold on to, First Corinthians 15, 33, where it says, evil communication corrupts good morals, Thanks. right? And so think about that on the other end, right? Mm-hmm. If evil communication can corrupt good morals, right. then what is righteous communication? Well, yeah. What can holy yeah. communication yeah. do, right? That's Psalms 1, can, yeah. yeah. Psalms Bless 1. Are those, yeah. But, yeah that's happy as the man who yeah. walks not in the council of ungodly. Yeah. So it's like, yes, yeah, like, like if I can produce holy and righteous relationships, that will support my, my desire to walk in freedom, right. to live with integrity, to be, to see close, to see the gospel and be in all of the gospel on a regular basis. Like yeah. all of that supports that. That's so good. Right. So it's like, but I have to be intentional about the relationships that I form. And I decide, I was talking to somebody the other day, it was like, man, we were in our thirties and we're talking about friendship and relationships. And I'm like, um, it's not that I don't want to have more friendships. It's just that friendships require time. Mm-hmm. You know, and they require commitment, right? And they require like intent- being intentional. Right. You know, it's like these things that we're like we're limited. All these things are resources that we're just limited of being right. in our thirties, having our own lives now. So it's like it's not that I don't want to be your friend. 
It's it, bro. I may not call you back, though. Yeah, I may yeah. not call you back, you know, because I just don't have the time. Yeah. So it's like, but the relationships that I do have, yeah. the ones that I do form, it's like I want to be intentional with those relationships yeah. and try to figure out, is this relationship bringing me to my my desired aim, which mm-hmm. is to look more like Christ? Mm-hmm. Am I being intentional yeah. with that, yeah. with that relationship and not yeah. just like, oh, we just... Exactly. Watch football together. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know, the example you just gave. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that word that Josh just mentioned that word intentional, being intentional about our relationships. God's right. intentional with us. And yeah. so just being more intentional about relationships and how we form them and the purpose of them. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I'll be honest with y'all. I think I didn't really understand the truth of accountability, vulnerability, intentional relationship until I was in an accountability group. Mm-hmm. I think like my high school friends and I, even childhood friends, we were close, but we didn't talk about our sin. We didn't talk right. about yeah. what we were struggling with. Yeah, we didn't right. talk about our questions that we had with God. And we're not asking like, why is God doing this? What does right. this verse right. mean? We wasn't having those conversations. So when, you know, um, I got into that accountability group in college, that was my first time being under a structure and community of what this true intentional relationship and accountability right. uh, accountability is and what that looks like. And I think we need more of that in the world because I think a lot of people are isolated. They're the kings and queens of their own lives. Yeah. And mm. for them to reveal the good in their so-called kingdom, they also have to reveal the bad as well. Yeah. And to do that amongst, you know, maybe a stranger they just met or people mm. they just met, a lot of people not going to do that. They don't even understand. They're not even truth and honest with themselves. Right. You know, so I think that, you know, one of the applications is, is not only conversations like this, but the lifestyle actually yeah. walking the walk of the Christian walk. And like, because y'all, y'all see it every day. Y'all mm-hmm. go around the campuses. Y'all go around the churches, the community. And y'all have impacted people just because y'all faithfulness. Because mm-hmm. y'all obedience, mm-hmm. you know, and I think understanding that and realizing that community is a part of that right. is something that I want people to understand. And also, what I love about what happened with Matt Chandler is it showed a accountability process. Mm-hmm. It showed that yeah. he went to the elders. Hey, right. check this out, because this woman came up to me, was concerned about some stuff, you know. I would have to change my mind. Like she is loving me into making me better rather than trying to destroy me. I don't know that's what she was doing, but we ain't gotta talk about it. But she's coming with me with concern out of love with me. Let me go check with the people that's above me and the elders as a lead pastor. Right. Yeah. They did that, yeah. they did that investigation. Yeah. All that stuff was something where it was beautiful to see even him to come up and address it mm-hmm. and share it. And say, hey, this is what happened. This is where I was wrong at. But I'm going to go back to God. Yes. There is a void yes. that that relationship conversation woman was feeling right. that God wasn't being filled with. Yes. And I think that whole process and him coming out sharing that is what the world needs to see as true or example of accountability right. that she can lead to repentance. Right. And I think that's the beautiful thing yeah. that I got out of the situation. Right. I think church, community, structure, accountability group, right. you know, is that that's a system that we all need to make sure we have those checks and balances so we can intentionally love each other and, and fill out God-given purpose. Uh, uh, one thing that my pastor always tells me about, like when we, we address with people, like we, we work with people every day. 
Yeah. Right. And yeah. we have conversations that sometimes we just don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause either maybe you don't want to like let them down or it's a tough subject. And you're right. like, Oh, and you feel like you're walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. But he always tells me, Josh, clear is kind. Mm-hmm. And eventually yeah. they're going to see the benefit of you being clear versus us dancing around the subject yeah. and they're in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So it's like, Oh, I don't really know. Dr. Josh, what did you say? Like, mm-hmm. I'm a little confused here. But if you give it straight up, yeah, it's like, okay, I have clarity here. There's clarity there. We can both move forward. We might not see the thing eye to eye, but at least I know and you feel this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's clear. It's in the open. Yeah. And so like, if That's we can address so people like that, of course, there has to be grace on it, right? right? Everything that you do should be done in love, of course. Like, But like we have like this preconceived thing like man i don't want anyone to dislike me right so i'm gonna let it off easy mm-hmm. even though right you're talking earlier about like letting like us be hungry for truth mm-hmm. and righteousness and if we're we're pressing towards that sometimes we're gonna have right, right friction that yeah. comes yeah i'm like man i really don't want to go through this conversation right now but yes, we're sir. both going to be better yeah. after this. Right. Yeah. And right. even though we may not see it in the immediate long term, we're going to be better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think accountability is something that continually needs to be modeled, even as you're bringing up the Matt Chandler situation. Um, you know, for me, I think similar to you, Chris, I, uh, you know, I, I didn't just necessarily dive into the vulnerability piece of community whenever I became a Christian. That was that that was difficult for me, uh, you know, but I, I'd seen it modeled. I'd seen it really uh, modeled by the people that were discipling me, uh, I think. Yeah. Ultimately, I think we know like, man, our, our discipleship is like we're being discipled by Christ. We're followers yeah. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole word Christian just, just literally means little Christ. Um, but I think discipleship is so important to this conversation of accountability because, you know, as we even talk about what, what kind of hinders men, what are some of the barriers that men feel to, uh, you know, being actually accountable with one another? I think the question we got to ask ourselves is what are we being discipled by? Uh, what are mm-hmm. men, you know, in today's mm-hmm. culture being discipled by? And I think, uh, because everybody's being discipled by something, yeah. uh, you know, whether, whether it's, uh, what Instagram says is right and, and the life and model there, whether it's what these, you know, YouTube influencers are, are leading, you know, young men and young women into whatever it is, we're all being, you know, molded and shaped by, uh, by something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think what I, what I really do respect about this, uh, the Matt Chandler situation is I think that, that, you know, there's a lot of people, not, not even just in his church in Flower Mound, but there's a lot of people in the world that in a lot of ways are being shaped and discipled by Matt's teaching, uh, mm-hmm. and have been for a while. So I got to think about some of the, some of his like, you know, rise to, uh, you know, to notoriety in the Christian world, uh, probably like late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, and man, there were a lot of people that were just excited about this, this young pastor who, uh, was just shooting it straight from the pulpit and, you know, you had this charisma to him and all that. 
Um, and he's, you know, he's a gifted leader. Uh, and even just being around him, he's, he's pretty much the same in person. Dude is very extroverted. Give me a hug type of guy. Uh, and I think out of all the moments, you know, that I've, I've heard his sermons, I've, you know, our campus outreach, we, we were underneath the village church flower mound for a long time. And so I was under his leadership for a while. Um, you know, very, very great dude. Um, this situation, I think, has, uh, man, it's, it's, it's shaped me more than anything that Matt Chandler has said from the pulpit. Wow. That's uh, good. Because yeah. of, of, of the humility, like literally every piece of it. There was a woman that came to him, expressed concern. Um, I just think about the, like, what's the natural response for, for any, especially a man of some sort of authority or mm. influence? Yeah. Uh, it'd be self-defense. It'd be, uh, like, that's not a big deal. That's not true or whatever, mm. especially if they're feeling accused of something, mm-hmm. uh, which he was, you know, but man, the, the, the humility to bring it to the other pastors, the elders, uh, to receive, uh, everything that came as far as accountability. Um, and I just, you know, I think even seeing some of the, the public light, like there's been many, there's many believers that, you know, looking at the situations like, here we go again, another pastor yeah. with an inappropriate relationship, even though it wasn't sexual romantics, like it just, it just can easily fall under that umbrella sure. to a lot of people as you see the headlines, as you see everything. Um, but just the, the fact that he, uh, was just like everybody else in the church under the authority of the local church mm-hmm. and, that's a, that's and, uh, cool, and yeah. held accountable. Yeah. It's like that type of model. Um, the, 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 the thing that he modeled there, I think is so big for just men, not, not just men in his church, but just men in who general, are trying to follow Jesus yeah. Yeah. for them to understand the fact that, like you said, he, t- he turned his eyes back to the Lord uh, and, and in, there's there's all the opportunity in the world for him to feel this shame uh, yeah. that he felt. Like you even heard it as he was kind of sharing it with the church. It's like yeah. I just I feel so embarrassed as he was saying it. And uh, he just he's fighting to believe Romans eight one. It's like mm-hmm. and this is a dude has been you know preaching Romans eight one for a minute. It's like but he's fighting to believe that there's there's no condemnation condemnation for me in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to believe the gospel. I'm going to receive accountability. Um, and I think, man, it's, if that is a discipleship moment, like it really is for, for him to be on that stage as yeah, a pastor, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and not, and, and to be above reproach in all those ways, I think is, is really it, it cool. really, it really reminded me of just, you know, I think there and I got accountability group is always that one, that one secret sin or whatever we hold on to that you have to express out loud. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that reminded me of that example of like, like you said, that that could have been swept on the road. We could have never known about it. Right. But the fact that it was one of those things that he had to come out and address and mm-hmm. say out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true repentance. I right. think that's that's true accountability, because like you have to say it out loud and you have to face it yeah. and, and whatever that comes with. And, you know, to me. It always points me back to that verse where it says, suffering builds endurance, endurance builds character, and character builds hope. Yeah. And I think that literally was that verse, you know, active. And I think that's mm-hmm. something where, for me, when I truly felt the Holy Spirit into my heart, is when I had to verbally 
you know, confessed those sins. And that mm. weight came off my shoulder, just like the secret knife and the right. secret mm. thing that I had that nobody knew about or whatever. And, um, mm. and being able to share that, look at the people that I felt like, you know, within my lives were just brothers, they were living on me, still accept me. Mm-hmm. Still love me, still right. you know, hug me, care about me. Like, hey, we want you to get better. Mm-hmm. Hey, thank you for doing that. That's a huge. That's part of everything, you know. So I think, you know, receiving that and understanding that, you know, you you get a sense of freedom that mm-hmm. people don't really get to feel mm-hmm. because they are still holding on to something that they just cannot let go. Right. And I think that's something where, even as leaders because we're leaders here in, in our own respective rights and you know honestly in the grand scheme of things with people watching us people looking at us like Matt Chandler position so it's like y'all gotta be held to a certain standard too we all do mm-hmm. so it's like how what does active accountability in y'all lives look like as leaders as people that's following God as you know shepherds honestly you know what does that actively look like um, so the people that is watching right now, and also because I think there's a, a sense of Christians that have been going to church, right? Mm-hmm. That's dope, that just literally just go, but they haven't really progressed. And I think mm-hmm. it's also because of the accountability part or maybe a lack of understanding, or whatever. But I think, uh, you all share what accountability looks like in y'all lives as leaders, as somebody in a matching position. Um, would be really good. Mm-hmm. I think I think the overall goal, even when we talked about David earlier, is repentance. You mentioned that word earlier too, right. Chris is repentance. And you know, David is said to be a man after God's own heart. And it's like after everything David did, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if someone just was a novice and just opened up the Bible and read David's story, <laughs> I don't think they would yeah. conclude that, sure. you know, David is a man after God's own heart. Right. But the reason they can conclude that is because he had this heart that was sensitive to the will of God, mm-hmm. that he was willing to repent. He was willing to change. Right. You know, Lord created me a clean heart, you know, renew a steadfast spirit within me. You know, that prayer that he has, like, it's not that we fall, or that's not that we fall down low. Is that are we going to live low and just stay there, right? So the idea of repentance is an inside job, and so even us as leaders, I mean, yes, you can have someone hold you accountable. Right. Yes, you can have someone try to, you know, have some checks and balances. But at the end of the day, um, you have to check your own heart because you know God is checking your heart, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you mentioned the idea earlier about. Uh, um, you know, the idea of well, we talk about repentance, but is it true repentance, right? Is it is it so because sometimes you have these difficult conversations that you were mm-hmm. talking about before yeah. earlier. And I remember Paul talked about that. How Paul said, you know what? I rejoice in the fact that you were made sorry. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, wow, Paul, you know, you, you rejoice in the mm-hmm. fact that they were made sorry, you know, but then he says, but not just that you were sorrowful. But that your sorrow led to repentance, mm. you know, and so that that's a that's a distinction that's right. there that he makes to let you know that yes, a person can be sorrowful, Thanks. but it doesn't have to always lead to repentance, right? right? And so, yeah. like this, this this is worldly sorrow of the fact that I got caught, I got mm. found out, yeah. people people know about me now, right. right? And that's that worldly sorrow 
But and that's just a feeling. Sorrow is just a feeling that you have, and it's an emotion, and it can pass by quickly, right? But it talks about this idea that sorrow can lead to repentance, yes. mm-hmm. right? And that's a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of uh, a conviction. You're convicted by what you did, right. and I don't, I don't necessarily need you to tell me that. Right. But it's great that you do because at the end of the day, like I need accountability, mm-hmm. but, but. My heart is convicted, not so much in what you're telling me, what mm-hmm. you're saying, but based on the relationship I have with God, yeah. based on the fact that I hurt God, right? And I think it was Hagar that said that that I see the God who sees me, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's so profound, the fact that you can say to yourself, yeah, I know God sees me, but do you see the God? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. sees you, mm-hmm. right? And it's like when we... When we it's like the best way I can describe it is like when you're a kid and my pops used to do something that I didn't, my, my dad would do something that I didn't even know about. He would actually check on me at school and he would be like in a window. My, my parent, my, my teacher and him had a close relationship. And even though I would be in class, I didn't know he would see me. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to see me in my natural state. How was he acting? How was he behaving? Right. Because if he knew I would see him. Then I probably my behavior will kind of get altered or changed or whatever because I see him, mm-hmm. right? And so it's the same way, you know. It's like, are we being? Or my mom would put it like this: Are you being an eye servant, mm-hmm. right? She would she would say, okay, hey, don't eat in my living room, you know, eat, eat in the kitchen. But when she wasn't there, what do we do? Yeah. You know, we ate in the living room, yeah. right? And so when she would, when she was getting ready to pull up, we would hear the car. Like, oh, snap, let's, down, yeah. let's go to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she would say is, don't be an eye servant. Mm-hmm. Don't do what's right only when somebody can see you and you can see them, mm-hmm. right? Don't be an eye servant. And so the idea that I see the God that sees me, it says, okay, yes, my brother Chris, Josh, yeah, I, I'm going to do right and hope be held accountable for you in the relationship we have here. Yeah. But the most important relationship mm-hmm. is God, mm-hmm. is that I see him. Mm-hmm. So whether you come to me or not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's great if you do, and I want I to encourage you to do that, but what keeps me going right, what keeps me being faithful, what keeps me being committed and having integrity is the fact that I see the God who sees me, mm-hmm. you know? So I like, and that's what brings about true, genuine repentance, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So like, accountability doesn't even matter if you don't have a heart to repent. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have a heart to change, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If I, if I come here and say, hey, Chris, and I found out some little things that was going on, it's like, right. okay, I appreciate that. But if you're in your mind, you're like, right. oh, okay, I'll just be better next time. Right. <laughs> and not getting caught, it doesn't really matter. So, right. Yeah. I, I, I think about like the, the, the definition of like biblical repentance. And uh, I was just reading it a little bit earlier before here. And it's, it's leaving what God has prohibited and attaching yourself to what God has commanded. So it's a two-sided mm-hmm. situation. You can't repent unless you move forward with something. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, God, I know you've spoken of me. Right? There's probably a point in our life right. where mm-hmm. we're like, okay, God, that was you. All right, let me, let me, I gotta act on what you said. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh leaving sin, attaching onto the vision of the Lord as as like said over you or whatever. And it's it's those things. It's it's how faith is. Mm-hmm. Faith is like a, like a acting out of what the Lord is like. It doesn't. We get to be in vocational ministry. That's great and everything like that. But the call to Christ in general is to go. Yeah. So for the first, 
the person that maybe got saved 20 minutes ago in a random church in a random city versus the, the mega church pastor that speaks in front of thousands of people. Like there has to be a movement that happens in any stage of their life. And I was thinking about this because it's been, the scriptures been really on my heart as of recently about the 11th hour worker <laughs> and the ones that like, hey man, like why, why do I get paid the same? I've been here yeah. for 11 hours. Right. Homeboy's been yeah. here for one, but you give him the same. And it's, it is the God in the most purest form. It's like, hey, you know what? Some of you been out here. Mm-hmm. Y'all been working. Right. But you've been also been working for that one that doesn't know. Yeah. And maybe your purpose in your life is to bridge it. So when that time comes for him to come in, they know. And they're not like apprehensive or they're not like, and I was like, man, God. And I remember because the, 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 the guy was talking to the landowner in that, in that scripture. He's like, and in and, and hindsight, he's like, who are you to tell me to, what to do with my money? Mm-hmm. Then I, didn't we agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was an agreement here that you're going to get this. Mm-hmm. And so Man, don't, cool. don't try to play me, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, I'm still blessing you. Right. And who were we to like lessen or heighten what God gives us? The blessings that he bestows upon us. Because like blessing, even just like that word in hindsight means to like, there has to be submission, Mm -hmm. you know, in that. Um, And I'm like, that scripture has been just running because in my culture in the Philippines, um, say you're my grandfather, okay? You're the head honcho in the room. I go to you first and I bless you as a sign of I respect you, I see you. Mm-hmm. So I'd grab your hand and I just touch it to my forehead. You'd go to like the main guy first. Mm-hmm. And then everyone after that, you kind of go down the lineage there. But I was thinking about that in the biblical aspect of things is like you cannot bless. Like some, if there's no submission there yeah, and man. submission, there's obedience mm-hmm. and all those things coincide. So it's like, man, imagine if the Lord's like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm ready to just give you this, but you're so close. Just please. Can you just get out of your own head and just obey, mm-hmm. please? Like, yeah. I, I believe that's a lot like for us, man, like we're so stubborn all the time. Like God's just like, wait, he's like, there. It's like, shaking to like give us something it's like come on you knucklehead like please can you just obey can you just like you know in whatever sense of it may be but it's it's those it's those things like it keeps it in the mind like man we have to not just leave the things that we are doing wrong but we have to cling right we have to cling to one is good and it's twofold. It's always the reaction and action. Yeah, I think what accountabilities look like for me. Um, I think I, I mean I agree with with everything that you men have said. I think like principally, really, because those are those are biblical principles. Like to be devoted to truth uh, and to to obey. Um, I think those those things are are definitely key to what accountability looks like in my life. I think um, I've 
part of part of what I've done in my life, and a lot of this was just what I what I'd seen modeled. And I talked a little bit about that earlier. Sure. Is uh, man, I I've just got relationships with men in my life in which there is nothing that's unknown. It's mm. kind of like a it's it's a it's a rule to the accountability relationship that I have, uh, you know, with those people. And so uh, it's really two guys, two guys in my life. And when I say they know everything, like they they know everything. Uh, you know, if if I were to look at try to look at something on my phone last night, it's like that they would know that uh, two ways. One, you know, there's like this this software on all of my stuff uh, to where I can't just be looking up what I want to look up. Uh, you know, in those in those weak times, because um, they'll get a notification instantly. Like they gonna get a text message and call me. Uh, and, yeah, what's up? Like let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and but but in every aspect, like in every aspect uh, of my life, like so much so that I've I've given these men, you know, even just like questions to ask me, uh, <laughs> to where here here's how I know I can try to maybe hide or manipulate oh, what I'm shit. sharing, or not sharing. Woo. Like they they know those things, and these men know me, uh, and you know I said this a little bit earlier these men care more about me following Jesus for the rest of my life. They care more about my wife uh, than they care about me liking them, which is so important to these accountability relationships. They want me to love God. And they, they, yes, they want me to do for God. Sure. They want me to love God. And that's, that's, that's what they're devoted to because these men love God. Um, and, and they know me like that. I think that's another part of the accountability relationship. That's like what it kind of looks like. It's like mm-hmm. these men have had relationships with me, both of them actually, since I've become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there was, uh, I don't remember who it was. Um, I think it was in a book actually that I read it early on in my walk with Jesus, but it just, it talks about how if you're, if you're 99% known, you're not known. Uh, if you you're not you're not known and there's a way that we can get really crafty uh in our community or in our discipleship to be like oh well you know my friend that i know ain't really gonna call me out he knows about that thing uh but you know about everything else uh like you know Uh, being being the guy that's really gonna call me out and Mm -hmm. hold me accountable to that thing uh we can get really really crafty right but i think all of the principles you guys said earlier uh i'm just Man, I'm I'm in too deep in relationships. Like I'm in too deep in people that hold me accountable. That's so much good. so, bro. If yeah, I yeah. try, if I tried, <laughs> if if there was any bit of me that tried to, uh, you know, DM a girl on social media on social media, there's two guys, my wife as well, that have my Instagram logged into their phone. Mm. Like, and that's the only social media that I got. I don't even have it on my phone right now, but mm-hmm. that I have a profile on. Yeah, uh, those those people have it on their phone, so there's no conversation. There's no somebody followed me. There's no no, no thing I like that they can't see, yeah. uh, like at all. Uh, and I'm not I'm not saying that's what's necessary for everybody. I'm saying that for me, man, I just I just know I know my sin, and these men know my sin. Mm. Uh, my mm. wife uh, and I and I really don't even is where it gets you know. Uh, again, I'm just kind of sharing to answer your question. What does accountability look like mm-hmm. in my life? It's like, 
my wife i don't recommend this for everybody's marriage at all because there's different different temperaments um you know different different personalities but my wife i mean she we had a really hard conversation our first year of marriage about you know my sin the ways that um i'm prone to kind of stumble i'm prone to look at look at certain things on the internet you know that i know i'm not supposed to be looking at or whatever and you know my (laughs) my wife has complete access not just friendship but access to uh, these two men that hold me accountable uh, at any point in time. Mm. Like I'm talking about if, if she were to call them at 2 a.m. and say, hey, I, I, I'm kind of thinking that Chris is doing this. Can you ask? Can you ask? It's like without hesitation, those men are going to answer that phone. They're going to be in my life. Um, I love that. And I don't think any of what I just said is something that I, I, I'd like kind of put on somebody and say, Hey, this is the model for true accountability. I think there's many, there's many different models. Um, I think the models that were brought up or like the, the principles that were brought up earlier are need to be like, those need to be the convictions by which sure. we draw out these models. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the thing that I'm do, having software on my phone, having, uh, guys in my life that like ask me disrespectful questions, but I'm busy. They ask me this, they they and because we're leaders let's be real with each other like we have the benefit of the doubt with a lot of people i think because we're we're, because we're men that follow jesus because maybe we know how to word scripture to people because we they've seen us on the like there's a lot of different factors in all of this people will typically give us the benefit of the doubt it's like i think about um you know college students that i'm around i think about the staff team that i lead i think about you know friends in my life most if not all of my family especially most if not all of them are going to give me the benefit of the doubt i i I pretty much enlisted these two men to never give me the benefit of the doubt. That's right. yeah, that's never. Good. Please do not ever give me the benefit of the doubt. And they don't. <laughs> I know, Dis- like, when I say awesome. disrespectfully, disrespectfully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and what, to what end? To believe the gospel for mm. true repentance. Like, it, it ain't just for the sake of, you know, I've got guys to tear me down just for the sake of tearing me down. It's like, no, I want I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And again, these, these men want me to believe the gospel. Uh, and... We not go anyway. Try to downplay the enemy nor his schemes and how he loses, how he uses loneliness and isolation to manipulate um, people that God is genu- like like genuinely using. It's like as I hear about you know y'all's ministry, as we were sitting down talking about the different places that we get to do ministry. It's like I, I just don't think Satan is going to be after the dude that says he follows God, but seven days of the week or six days of the week outside of that church on Sunday, ain't doing nothing yeah. for himself to follow God nor his kingdom. I think Satan is really, he, he's going to continually go after the, yeah, the leaders. It's like, he's going to go after David in his isolation. It's like David was supposed to be at war. Right. He was supposed to be at war, but he decided to chill. He was supposed to be on mission, yeah. but he wasn't. And so Wrong he place. was not in community. He was chilling. He was on the rooftop. And it's like, dang, she bad. Uh, you know, it's like that's yeah, how he. And yeah. then the, the the like literally all of it transpired into what it did. Not just adultery, but murder, <laughs> coercion, like all the things that transpired. So mm-hmm. much so, um, yeah, because of the isolation. And it's like it. I made it so hard practically for me to be isolated. 
Mm. Um, and I think so much of it, 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 I mean, the Lord did it. We, we've been talking about that all throughout the podcast, like the Holy Spirit's role in all of it, but uh, it takes so much to, to get to that point. So all of the practicals that I just shared, I just, I would go back to, man, what are, what are your convictions? Do you love truth? That's the best place to start. Yeah. Do you love truth? Right. Okay. Do you love truth more than you love yourself and what mm. you want to do? Right. Okay. Well, let's go to the next step. Do you live in community? <laughs> like how much do you live in community? Mm-hmm. Cause there's sacrifice in that. There's, you know, yeah. so, uh, so that's what, you know, accountability looks like. And, you know, to piggyback off of what those guys have been saying. I appreciate you sharing that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, Robert, you had something that you wanted to share with Josh. Well, just Josh just mentioned the verse that was uh, been playing in my mind all day today. I, I know that God let him say that to me because when you think about the idea we, we just mentioned about, you know, um, that it's a blessing, you know, that some, you know, you may get in a position where you feel like, you know, uh, where you, you Humility is so important because if you don't walk in humility, mm-hmm. you won't be able to really appreciate the favor of God. Right. You know, you won't be able to understand that it's a blessing. Right. That no matter if you've been walking with Christ for 20 years right. or 10 minutes, right. right? The grace of God. Yeah. The unmerited, it's the you know, unmerited favor of God. It's like mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. deserve this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, from, yeah. from jump. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. whether yeah. you've been exactly. it for 20 exactly. years exactly. or 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a blessing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so sometimes there's this propensity within us as you know, to us leaders, people who are before people, to get exalted, to feel as if, you know, I've been here for a while, yeah. I'm always helping people. Earn my strong you know, I've yeah. things of that nature. So when you when you forget to walk in humility, like the the danger of that is that you forget the grace of God. Yeah. It's like you forget you don't deserve anything. Yeah. You know, this is the favor of God. And so just going back to what he just said, it's like, man, that's a that's a humbling uh, thought to have. It puts everybody on equal playing field. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there is no room for anybody to be to to feel like they can exalt themselves. You right. know what I mean? Because God is literally. Um, he you know, when he talks about that idea, I mentioned earlier, when he says that. Uh, that. God doesn't see as man sees, you know, and the whole verse comes out of, you know, David being anointed as king. And he had, he had seven other brothers who appeared to be mm-hmm. king ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They look yeah. king ready, you know, and it was like these men here, they appear to have everything that, it, that it, on the outside. And so one of the things that I thought about when I was reading that text was like, you know, uh, that it's dangerous to put people in positions that their character is not ready for. Mm. And so if you're in a position where your, your character is not really ready, you know, you're not really been molded or shaped by the gospel. You're not, you're not really, mm. you don't have the strength from within to really be in this position. And that's a danger, right? Mm. Or a blessing too soon is actually a curse. Mm. It's like, man, it's a blessing to leave. It's a blessing to be influenced. Right. But if your character is trash, if your integrity is trash, then that's going to be a curse for you right. and your family, you know? Right. You're going to bring shame, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that whole idea that he he, he gives, and he, and he tells them that I don't see as man sees, but, I, um, but God looks on the heart of man. It's like, that is the, I, that, that's the point of it all. It's like, you're, you're not, it's not about the outside appearance. It's not about what you look like or what it appears to be or what it, uh, it's like, no, God is doing this so that he can get the glory. 
Yeah. Right? David, yeah. I'm picking David, 15-year-old little David, to become king. And it's like, I look all throughout my life and look at the character of God is so important to know as, as men, as leaders, as Christians, because when you get in difficult situations or certain situations that seem a bit uncertain or you're not mm -hmm. sure about, mm -hmm. right, or the, the, uh, the, it's like it's difficult, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you need to know the character of God. Mm -hmm. You need mm -hmm. to know the nature of God and who he is and how he moves so that you won't get discouraged, right? right? So you're like, okay, God takes this little boy, anoints him as king, mm -hmm. puts him through this 15-year-old, 15-year process until he actually becomes the king. Right. He tests him, goes through trials and tribulations. Right. It's like if a person didn't know the character of God, right. mm, if you didn't know the character of God, you would have given up. Yeah. yeah. You would have been like, oh man, God's not good. He's yeah. not faithful. He yeah. told me 15 years ago that I would be king. I'm right. still not king right. yet. Right. But if you know the nature of God, it's like God is going to get the glory. It's going to be for your good. Yeah. But it's going to be ultimately for his glory. Right. So like he take he does so much with little. Mm -hmm. You know, he does so much with little. I almost probably can testify right. that it's like yeah. who am I, you yeah. know, to yeah. be leading people, to be right. influencing people. But that's what that's the nature of God. He takes right. little and he does much. Right. Look, look at all throughout the scriptures, you know, you see that five loaves, two pieces of, you know, two fish. Mm -hmm. He does a little, these 5,000 people, mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like he, he does that consistently throughout the scriptures. Right. And so for me, when I look at a small situation, a situation that looks bleak or it, it looks difficult or dark or whatever, it's like, okay, yeah, God can take a mustard seed and move a mountain. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, this is the character of God, the nature of God. And that, um, I don't need to be discouraged because I know I know who he is. I know mm -hmm. his ways. So yeah. for me, uh, just mentioning that reminds me that uh, that I don't deserve anything. That it's all the grace and the grace of God, the mercy of God. It's all a blessing, no matter if for twenty years or ten minutes. It's the grace of God, and yeah. then just walking walking in, in humility, mm -hmm. and that's the only way I can truly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's huge, man. I think that walking in humility. It just gives you the sense of who's really your king and worship. And I think that's the beautiful part of just just the gospel. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think people have to really understand and realize in order to grow in God and to fill out the pur purpose, you have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You do have to give up your life. You can't be the king of, or <laughs> yeah. queen of your life anymore right. and requires a lot of sacrifice. A lot of people don't. I think we just don't put things in proper context sometimes. Like yeah. in order to follow God, you have to leave your mother, father, and I will make you fishers of men. Back Come then, on. people don't understand. You, in order to follow Jesus, you have to literally follow him. Yeah. Walk beside him. Right. When the last right. time you just walked down the street right. with somebody. Yeah. And, uh, oh, but keep on walking. You know what I mean? You don't know what, what's going right. what, yeah. what's right. to happen. Yeah. You're literally physically walking. You're not mm -hmm. just watching on camera. You're not watching from your phone. Right. You're literally leaving everybody, your town, your family, your friends, everything by and you're walk that's the kind of sacrifice yeah. it <laughs> takes in order to follow. Jesus, and I think people have to truly understand it because a lot of people are still holding on to what they want to hold on to, and that's where things can get clouded when it comes with their relationship with make relationship with God. Because you know, I have a question for y'all. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the last question. Um, how do you all feel about what 
the impact that the church is doing. And I want I'm on a purpose by saying this. We know what we feel like God is calling us to discipleship and discipleship making. And and really that's what it takes. Intentional life on life relationships, just like how Jesus did with his disciples, mm-hmm. in order to see true life and changes in people that can make other disciples. Sure, right. right. So we're 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 doing ministry, right. being ambassadors, so other people can equip the saints to do ministry as well. Do you all feel like the church as a whole is preaching that message accurately and effectively where it's like we see that happening in the church, you know, in in our uh, community, in our lives, but also we see a lifestyle, um, Christian lifestyle actively walked out daily and, 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 you know, struggling in the right direction kind of thing. Do y'all feel like the church communication of that kind of gospel centered principle is being preached and is it actively being worked? Uh, I think, I think there's a lot, as I think about the church as a whole, it's hard to, it's definitely hard to generalize, but I think, uh, I think there's a lot of good that the church is, is preaching in regards to, Man, follow hard mm-hmm. after Christ, uh, make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. you know, see the world. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this earlier again before the mics turned on, like uh, be be ministers of the gospel, be ambassadors for Christ. Kind of that second Corinthians five, uh, like this world ain't yours anymore. Like you, you used to even, you know, we, Paul was saying we used to regard. Christ in a worldly manner. Like we used to think about him uh, in a certain kind of way, but now, man, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come, which means now we are, we are ambassadors for for Christ. And I think a lot of that message is being, uh, is being proclaimed in the church. Um, you know, but now the second part of your question is, is it being lived out? Uh, I think a lot of where I have personal kind of qualm with, uh, you know, big C church, like with, with, with just the church by and large is, um, I think we are being kind of, kind of, I don't know, maybe a little bit seduced by the culture in the ways that we want to be so grand mm-hmm. and want to be so, uh, you know, popular, influential, maybe is our better words. And I think a lot of like, there's, there's a, there's a component to that where, it's like, man, we just, we desire for the gospel to go forward to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. which is the best desire. You know, that's a God-given desire. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a part of it where uh, churches are maybe thought of as like these entrepreneurial businesses or, um, or you know, soundboards to, to really be famous and have influence in places all over the world where you mm-hmm. maybe otherwise wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I have, you know, the reason why I have qualm with that is I think that, I think that we're missing out on so much of what life on life discipleship could be in a localized context, um, by our desire to be everywhere at once. And that's, you know, that's why even in social settings, it's like, you'll, you, we can go to any restaurant right now that's still, that's still open. And I guarantee you, uh, at the table with the most people there, there's, it's not going to be very loud. They're going to be around, sitting around with each other, not doing what we've been doing for the last hour, you know, hour or so. They'll be here uh, because I'm hanging out with these people. 
Um, and I probably already Snapchatted it or posted it on my Instagram a couple times. So you see who I'm with. But really, um, everywhere else, I'm with this person that's in the room. I'm with this person that's yeah. five states away. I'm with this person. Uh, and I think sometimes the church, uh, a lot of it, again, comes from good desires. But a lot of times the church or churches that I've been a part of has this desire to uh, to be everywhere when I think God has called you to that particular context for a particular reason. Like I think about Jesus's discipleship, um, even just in and of itself. Uh, he, he discipled many, but he, he gave the best of his time to 12, really three, uh, you know, you say about Peter, James and John yeah. and, and, and why did he do that? Did, were those three more significant? Were they more important? Did they have more value? Were they more created in the image of God than the rest of the world? No, I think right. Jesus actually during his life and ministry discipled hundreds. Like there were, there was, you know, 72 that he sent out after his kind of, uh, you know, they harass and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I think he discipled many, but who did he give the best of his life on life discipleship to? It was few. And I think in the church, and especially for those of us who are, you know, leaders in, in different respects in the church, it's like, man, it is okay and good and right and faithful. And this is really hard for me, even as a college minister that wants to like, say, I want to reach the whole campus. It's like, man, no. God is, is, is calling us to a place, a time, a people. Um, and, and man, what could happen, uh, even in that, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, yeah. what could God do through this deep, hard, you know, long suffering work of discipleship and accountability, uh, that isn't so in love with the, the macro that isn't so in love with the, you know, and, and I know a lot of this audience, even on this podcast right now, is, is just young Christian men who are trying to be better, trying to uh, to grow, but feeling somewhat stagnant uh, in a lot of ways. And I think so much of it, at least with the young people I'm around um, and with the people I'm around, is, uh, you know, even our connection to the church, like what we would call church sometimes is not church like we like a lot of people are just you know watching the sermon on their phones mm-hmm. from a pastor that does not know them like he does he doesn't know you at all he's in a different place a different space mm-hmm. and yeah he's got some gifts and i think that should be supplemental to the fact that you belong to a people like you you young believer who's listening to this right now is like go belong to a local church go, lo- go belong mm-hmm. to a local body mm-hmm. where people know you um, and are going to wonder where you at if they don't see you on Sunday or at the community group on Thursday or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, we, we, we need to, I think as a church, um, in that piece of living it out, are we living it out? I think a lot of churches, we, we don't need to feel kind of this pressure that, that the world feels from Silicon Valley. Like it's either you innovate or you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, well, we don't, we don't run off of a spirit of innovation. It's like, the, the spirit who has been uh, moving amidst the whole world is the one that started the early church and is going to continue to multiply. Yeah. Glory. We don't have to have the sexiest production videos. We don't have to have lofty speech. We don't have to have the lofty speech. We, we don't. We have the spirit of God and we have the people that he's <laughs> that he's reaching in our context. And we need to understand who we are and who we aren't. We just are not God. And no matter how well that sermon was preached and you know, no matter how well that that thing we led was it's like, man, what what if God did something in this in this small little city, right. uh, in this small little context? I miss these people. So that's good. Uh, 
So, yeah. Just picking up it really quick, I think it just comes back from uh, the top down in churches, yeah. right? Pastor has to display a vision mm. to the people that he's leading and say, hey, most of this stuff, this life that is uh, displayed in community is done outside of the pulpits. Mm-hmm. And you have to intentionally do life and choose it because it is a choice for us to do this in a way that's with integrity, that's done with purpose, and it helps us be able to be accountable to one another. Because if it's not being seen by our pastors and our leaders, how am I mm-hmm. supposed to do it? Yeah. As the normal church go or whatever you want to call it, but it has to come from the top down and say, you know what? We're a church that's getting bigger because we're getting smaller. Right. Yeah. And th- if through that we grow, but grow healthily. Yeah. yeah. So. I love each and every one of the things y'all said. Y'all have honestly blessed me, you know, with the words that came out your mouth. Like it's something that I feel like um I need to hear. I'm encouraged and blessed by y'all. And you know. As a leader, I understand what y'all go through, so I want to give y'all y'all flowers. I, I know people do not understand the everyday work in life as leader and working with mm-hmm. people every single day and dealing with those kind of things and while actively following God, while actively trying to be a man, while actively trying to survive right. America, trying to dodge monkeypox, all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> here. You know what I mean? It's rough out here. You know what I mean? But y'all are living a life that is worth living. And and that's because y'all giving up your own life, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that is beautiful, and I think that is encouraging. And like I said, I am blessed by y'all. And you know, um, I want to appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for really coming yeah. on and, and blessing yeah, yeah. Um, my audience. Um, so we gonna just say a quick closing uh, prayer, and then yeah. um, you know, I would just close with it. Cool. Yeah. All right, Lord, thank you for um, the cross. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for taking on that punishment for us, Lord. And, and Father, um, everyone is watching. We want we want everyone to really seek and run after you. We want to we want them to know your love, know your care, to yeah. them, and really understand that freedom is found in giving up your own life, um, Lord. And I just pray for these men, Lord, as you continue to bless them as they lead in their ministry. Make sure their eyes are fixed on you, Lord. Yeah. And love, accountability, kindness, all mm-hmm. those things, mm-hmm. uh, the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, be active and displayed in everybody that's listening and watching this video, Lord. We thank you for your for what you did for us, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your saving and your loving grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. My name is Chris. I am joined by Chris, Robert, and Josh. And we are the roommates, and we'll see you all next week. Woo!